Welcome back, everyone, to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James Matamontamagno. I am Michael, the Apex Revet. Oh, do you love the Apex Legends? Best game ever made. Best game ever made. I could have, like you said, I could have been Tetris 99, but I, I still refuse. That's that's your name. You are the Tetris. You are the ninja of Tetris 99, I believe. I am the Tetri. That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait to hear more about it. I know you've put in probably hours. You're training. There's been some uh, some some lists on what parts of the key elements in the game to play with. So I'm sure you've got it all down. I am excited to give some updates about the Tetris 99 and and sort of the in-depth analysis that a lot of people have been going through. We, we surprisingly have quite a few news stories about Tetris 99, which I didn't think was going to happen. But has happened. So, you know, we did a bonus episode, a bonus round over the weekend. So that was our full Nintendo Direct recap. We covered almost everything that we possibly could. So going into the news this week, we're not going to waste another half an hour going through that. You can go ahead and go download and listen to that episode. It's only 30 minutes, so it's a pretty quick one. If you're on 1.25, then that's 20 minutes. What a great 20 minutes of your life um, to go listen to it. (laughs) But we wanted to do kind of a quick direct recap, maybe spend a minute or two on it, and then give a few updates because information has been trickling out ever since last Wednesday. So let's do just a quick high-level recap of our feelings on the direct and what we got out of it. Do you want to go first, Michael? Sure. I mean, now that I have some time to sit with it a little bit and kind of think about what I saw for it and not just the, you know, the hit Right off the bat, I, I'm still very happy with it. I'm very happy with what we saw. I'm very happy with the games that we got out of it. Um, the new Zelda remake, I'm I'm extremely excited for. I, I think it was great. I think there was a lot of stuff there. I loved seeing the demos that were available. I loved seeing that a lot of the release dates were right away with whether it was literally that day or right after the show or within the next six months. I hate when you see at E3 or anything like this where they have announcements and yeah, in two years you get to play this game that you're excited about. You know, Nintendo doesn't, they're, they're much better about that than a lot of others. I mean, we've had some issues in the last couple of weeks where games are delayed and pushed back. I, I guess to some extent that's understandable, but for the most part, Nintendo's really good about just saying, okay, yeah, you like this game. You're going to get it within the next six months. Yeah, and that's the information that's been trickling out overall. And I'll agree with you. I was very pleased and I did have some more time to process what was said and what was released and what will be released coming forward. So we're going to talk really heavily about all the demos and games that were available literally within the first 24 to 48 hours Hmm. right after the, the Direct. But that was my favorite part of the Nintendo Direct was that from the Nintendo Direct, there was something immediately that I could go play and not even have to pay. And what I mean by that is there has been Nintendo Directs where they're like, this game is available for you to purchase right now, or this is available tomorrow or within a week. With this Nintendo Direct, what I loved about it is that we got three or four different demos and games available to purchase that day too. So the Final Fantasy games, but then we got demos of Yoshi's. We got a whole Tetris 99, which is a completely free game, which we'll talk about more in depth. And then we started to see the roadmap leading up to E3. So it was a great time to do it and left that sort of vision going forward. And I think we're going to learn a lot more. Now, what I'm hoping, though, from this Nintendo Direct is that they learn from these great things. I'm sure they have download numbers and games played. And I hope that they take this concept that they did with Tetris 99, which is a free game for Nintendo Online subscribers, and keep applying that because these games don't need to be super large. They just need to be um, a unique experience. They could be large, but imagine that Dr. Mario World Online that they were talking about for mobile devices man, wouldn't that be cool if that came out and was Dr. Mario 99? Yeah. (laughs) You know, something like that is unique where I feel that we talked about the value of the Nintendo online subscription. And this is immediate value that it's adding. That's not an NES game. Yeah. You're making it available to people. You know, you buy into this thing for the $20 a year, you make it available. And oh, by the way, you get these other free perks that didn't exist. It's not a 20 some euro. I mean, it is 20, but it's a different experience. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that's unique. Um, Maybe it's not up. Maybe it's not a game that you're interested in, but 
that could still be something else. Or what if Mario comes out for mobile, but then they do make a version of it for the console and then online play, maybe you're able to have some cross play going on. Mm. I don't know. I think it's just an interesting way to think about Tetris. You know, you took something that's been around forever and all of a sudden it's on Twitch. People are streaming it. They're playing it again. And that would have never happened a week ago. Yeah. So. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. So it's it it rejuvenates some excitement just right out of the bat for the switch and for the, the service in yeah. general. So, yeah, uh, but there were some little updates. I'll cover them really, really quick here. The first one is that we did get information about Rune Factory 4 Special, which is a remaster of Rune Factory 4, which is sort of a Harvest Moon slash fantasy type of game. It's, it's very cool. It's been a long time handheld game. They said it's coming out later this year. And then they also mentioned that Rune Factory 5 was being developed for the Switch. Didn't give a time frame, but we did get an update that it will be 2020. So I guess it's cool that they announced that, but I don't know. It's like whatever. Yeah. More more importantly, the Astral Chain game, which was almost a bonus at the end and part before Zelda from Platinum Games. These are from the creators of Bayonetta and Nier Automa. This is being published by Nintendo, which we saw, but it's almost done. It comes out in August. Yeah, I'm excited cool. to I, I guess I'm excited. I, sh- I shouldn't say I'm excited yet. I'm excited at the idea. I need to see a little bit more. I thought the trailer was a little odd. I want to mm. see a little bit more from it. Um, it looked like it could be really, really cool or just so crazy over the top weird that it just doesn't make any sense. I. I this is a perfect uh, contender for a demo so we can try some stuff out and see what's going on there. Yes, all the demos, please, because we'll talk about it later. These demos have changed my mind on so many games already that we've played. Mm-hmm. Now, the last thing, too, that I want to mention, I'll put it in the show notes, but our friends over at Nintendo Life, they've done an amazing guide for Tetris 99. <laughs> we talked about, in fact, there was a huge chunk of the podcast, which was just a Michael talking the bonus round talking about Tetris 99, which would make you think that Michael likes it more than I do. But that is a false statement. <laughs> uh, now, we did mention that there were some parts that were sort of unbeknownst to us. Like, are you attacking? Are you what are these badges and how do you get them? They did a great guide breaking down all of Tetris 99 to the best of their knowledge. And they're like, we think this is how it works. And from our analysis, but it really helped me as far as when to attack, what mode to attack, and learn more about the different aspects of the game. So very cool just to see people analyze Tetris 99, which I didn't think was going to happen. But they obviously spent a lot of time on this guide. So that was really cool. Just wanted to mention it. I haven't I haven't seen that, but I do have some... When we get to the games we're playing, well, we'll have to talk about it a little bit because I'll be interested in your thoughts on strategy as far as much as you can have for Tetris 99. Um and, and get some ideas on that because I, I have some thoughts on it. So be interested to see, well, you know what you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you knew about this. I did not know this was a thing. I had no idea actually, but apparently February 27th is a national holiday. International, some would say it's Pokemon day. It is the celebration of all things. Pokemon. Uh, apparently this was the day it came out. Pokemon red and Pokemon green came out in Japan in 1996. So February 27th, there is going to be uh, a week long celebration in New York city at the New York city Nintendo store. We've talked about it a bunch of times. They sent out a tweet with a list and like a schedule of everything that's going on. And the tweet says, come join the fun from Wednesday the 27th until Sunday, the third, my birthday at Nintendo, New York city in celebration of Pokemon day. There will be a variety of activities hosted at selected times. Now, some of those, one of those actual activities, it's an hour every day of the event. There's going to be a Q and a with Nintendo Treehouse. Now, as these things happen, people are freaking out already saying, Oh my goodness. They're going to talk about the new core game. Now, I, for one, would love if that was the case. There is no indication. This is literally a Q&A where people can hang out, be fans, and just say, who's your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> like, th- there's no 
indication whatsoever that they're going to be talking about this. And what I what I'm really excited for is that even though they've given no indication, everybody's going to be angry that they didn't talk about the new Pokemon game when this happens. That's true. You can't make people happy. They they want the entire game right now. Give it to me. Let's do this. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's I, cool. I, think it, I didn't know this existed though. Yeah, I didn't. I. I I had remembered some Pokemon Day or some Mario Day or some Mario Month or different <laughs> things like that, but I always forget. I, I, I need to put it on my calendar. Like, remember, James, February 27th yeah. is Pokemon Day. Don't forget, recurring event every year. Yeah. So, man, it's already been, what is that, 23 years? Is that correct? It's a long I just do math? time. That's a long time. I was young, but I mean, that's how I got my first Game Boy. I played Pokemon uh blue so much it was it was ridiculous so very cool i mean are you gonna go down there or do you live in new york mm, no probably not but i i am curious to see what they say i would love to hear something about the core game but i it's gonna be an e3 thing people are, they're gonna release it they're gonna talk about it you're gonna see footage at e3 they're not gonna ruin a surprise like that i don't think at pokemon day i just don't think it gets enough eyes on it whereas and and certainly not certainly not at the Nintendo store in New York City. I just can't, there's not enough eyes. There's not enough interest and not enough people there to make an announcement of something of that scale where so many people are looking forward to. I just can't see it happen. No, I don't think so either, but we'll see what happens. Just like the last time something happened at the Nintendo store in New <laughs> York, literally nothing came out of it. So high hopes. Yeah, but it'd be nice if they stream these or do something with them and, and get, some information but you know everyone will be chatting about it and people will go and report on it yeah. so yeah all right well let's get an update but something in crazy wackier news that has been trending all over my feed this last weekend is this ridiculous inside a sort of awesome in a way um sale of a original copy of super mario brothers for the nes super mario brothers the first one that sold for over one hundred thousand dollars michael Ninja could have bought five of those last month. Yeah, <laughs> he is probably probably he probably is probably just has hordes of that. That's yeah, where all the he, Fortnite money he's goes. He's the one that bought this. Yeah, he's like every time I see one, mine, I get all those. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this is that this was not being sold by Nintendo or anything like that. You know, Nintendo always sells these back, but they only sell those to us for two to three dollars, so we can re-download it once a year. Yeah, true. So, you know, <laughs> so what's unique about this game is this was a. Uh, a limited edition, an extremely rare test market version of this NES game. Now, now these, the NES originally launched in New York and Los Angeles and had these special test market launch ones that weren't sealed. So the original packaging, they weren't sealed. They had a special matte or glossy sticker on them. And this specific version that was sold was an extremely, um, really great condition the you know they do these for comics where they rate them like how pristine is the comic and they put it in a case and you're never going to play it that's the point of games right keep it sealed and you never play it no enjoyment it was rated a 9.4 out of a 10 scale it had the original sticker seal which was rated a plus plus the best sticker quality better than a plus a plus 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 it's in a supreme state so it was absolutely gorgeous uh in general so this sold to some someone that, that, that bought it and they were like this is probably the most important game in nintendo history it's in the most amazing condition and apparently someone had a hundred thousand dollars to blow on this and there weren't that many of these things made uh, apparently of two thousand to ten thousand which does seem like a lot but when you compare that to the millions that were sold that even find those unopened and unplayed or anything like that this is super rare so to me it's interesting but it's interesting because this means that the state of video games are starting to go up to a different level, just like comics or other different categories did. But I will not be spending a hundred thousand dollars on 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 one of these no. uh, near perfect games. Holy so, moly! Cool. I hey, if you have that and it's you know supply and demand, you know there's there's just a limited amount, maybe no more of these in the c condition they're in. I think it's interesting. I would never ever ever be able to spend that kind of money on a game that old, but. I guess if you got it, you know, it's, it's important to somebody. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. If you got it flaunted, I guess so it is interesting though. It. Like you said that, you know, it's kind of putting video games into a whole nother 
like bracket really you know it is kind of like these collectible things now and i i i don't know sometimes i don't think about it that way i know there's people that collect games but i don't see them getting value over time in, in, a, in a lot of cases not nothing to this extent so yeah. I, I think that's pretty it's pretty cool now we're going to jump into the game news and starting off is Rocket League's cross-platform party system is finally coming out February 19th. We've talked about this a little bit and I think uh, Psyonix that makes Rocket League, they they put a hold on this or at least it was, it was supposed to come out and they gave it a little bit of a push because it wasn't ready yet and Sony had just agreed to to allow their rocket league to to play well with others so they they decided you know what we're gonna we're gonna push the deadline back a little bit and make sure everything is built out the way that it should be so now that day is here february 19th cross-platform party system is going to be coming out psionics tweeted from the rocket league account that we are throwing a party and you're invited the friends update will go live on february 19th Watch our walkthrough of the friends list and cross-platform parties so you can understand how it all works. And basically, the gist of it is you're going to have four tabs now when you go into Rocket League. The first displays your friends playing on the same platform. The second includes your buddies playing on different systems. And then the other tabs are for recent players and notifications, uh, including all important party invites. And then you'll also see invites for clubs which now also includes this cross-platform mechanic. So it seems like they've got it under control. I think Rocket League is one of the very few that is fully functional, like allows for everybody on every system, kind of like a Fortnite. You can all play together. We're all going to have a great time. I think Rocket League is a ton of fun, so I'm happy to see this. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. We talked about it for years. So I'm glad to see it's that it's finally here. on. <laughs> finally on. Now, I will be pretty intrigued to see how this works if you play it just to, if you have friends on different consoles and kind of set it up. It was Fortnite I've noticed when I was watching Ninja that there's like an Xbox icon. I noticed there's PC icons mm-hmm. on mine. So it's a little bit intriguing to see that they have multiple tabs and how well that will work where there was another game. What was I playing that was cross play? I forget what it was, but you could just have a checkbox and say only show me my console or whatever okay. you know, type of thing, because I only want to play with me. And I always thought Fortnite needed that because Fortnite has that, too. Yeah. So the four, maybe it was Fortnite then, because I only maybe want to play with council players right now. or I only want to play with switch players because I know that we're all running 30 FIPS and, you know, got to get those bullet counts. I hope seven, not four fix that. I don't know if there was a show note or release note about it, but that makes sense though. I mean, especially if you're learning, you want to be playing with people that are at least on the same platform. I would think, you know, because everybody knows console players are at a disadvantage against PC players. So that's, that seems to be a a pretty general uh, feeling. So I think I I would have no problem playing just switch alone, you know? Yeah. whatever and and now we know that that is a disadvantage because of the frame rates so even more reason to have that selected yeah i i need to go in there and and give that a give that a toggle and just see what happens Mm. because that'd be fun well we'll see and uh well you know a game that you don't need to worry about cross play for (laughs) tell me tetris 99 because it's a switch exclusive that's right (laughs) uh so i was mentioning tetris 99 we'll keep talking about it throughout the podcast it's tetris 99 type of day Now, what's really, really crazy is that we had mentioned and talked about other game modes that we would really like to see in this. Like, why isn't there a single player mode or why isn't there a friend mode or anything? Well, data miners, uh, Oatmeal Dome, apparently over on on, uh, Reddit, has found some bits and strings inside the game. Mm -hmm. He found three different modes, team battle, where two giant teams clash. So maybe that's a 99 V 99 or 50 because there's no way to split that in half. So they messed up there. Maybe that was a problem. It wasn't included because you can't split 99. Oh, maybe it's so it should be triple team battle. 33 versus 33 versus 33. Oh, there you go. That would have been smart. Now, the other one is calm battle where you battle against 98 bots. That seems reasonable. And then marathon, which is score attack, 200 uh, lines or endless mode. He said that these were mined. Marathon will also support in-game achievements. He's mentioning here going through. 
Apparently, there may be some sort of future event. Maybe Nintendo will release this as a reward. Who knows? No one really knows because it's data mine. So who knows if it will ever come out ever at all possible mm-hmm. because we've seen data mining before and nothing's come out of it because sometimes they're just bits in a game that get left over because the feature got cut. Well, now, I mean, if something's in there, there was some intention at some point, but whether or not we yeah. see it, who knows? I, I, I think these things will come out. Though. I think we're going to see these because it, it only makes sense. They, they put out a game. I, I don't think they thought anybody would probably play it. <laughs> like, I'm sure <laughs> the developers were like, oh, wow, I, I can't even believe that people are so excited about this. So I, I think they probably have the framework in it to do something. And that'll that'll we'll see it. We'll see it if, if the attention still stays there and people are still excited about it. I think we'll see it. Okay. Oh, we'll see when it comes out. Maybe E3, the big announcement. Yeah. Tetris not. Yeah, that's going to be the whole show this year. I hope so. Now, speaking of things, we'll see if it comes out. And this is one that I'm hoping really, really does. We've been seeing like little mess ups here and there for like a year now. That's Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Now, I want it. I I really want this. I played the first Spyro and I loved it. And I may have played the second, but I don't really remember. Um, But it's just fantastic. Fantastic game. But anyway, GameStop Germany had on their site that Spyro Reignited Trilogy is going to be coming to the Switch on August 16th. Now, you know, these things happen where somebody puts something on the site and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, that's going to happen. And they put some random date. But this isn't doesn't seem like a random date. And that's why people are starting to say, well, maybe there's some validity to it. Maybe there's a reason they put August 16th. For one, it is on a Friday, which they're thinking is a good day for this game to come out. It's not, you know, you'll see December a lot of times, or you'll just see fall 2019 if they have no idea. Why put a, such a specific date? This is also not the first time. We've seen it pop up. I think it even popped up on Nintendo's website for a very brief time Mm. and had a date, I think. But it's in there. There's somewhere. It's out there somewhere. So maybe this is true. I don't know. I'd like to think so. For anybody that doesn't know, Spyro is currently on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One for $40. And it includes Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2, Riptar's Rage, I think, and then Spyro Year of the Dragon. So you get three of them all looking beautiful, all remastered. It makes perfect sense to have this on the Switch. I cannot believe we don't have it right now. I think E3, we're going to hear that it's coming out. Gimme, 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 gimme. I want it because I... Never really got to play any of the Spyro games on the PlayStation because I didn't have a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to. And the remaster looks really, really good. So give me, give me, give me, give me. I want it. I will buy it right now. <laughs> uh, two little things here. The first thing that I wanted to mention really quick, we had mentioned that Dead Cells had some ups and downs in the frame rate. They just released a brand new patch, bring back 60 FIPS frames per second to the Switch version. So go cop that and get that is cool and the last thing that we'll talk about in the news is a little bit of rumor action our good friend friend of the show friend of the podcast king zell you know king zell hang out with him we stream all the time playing fortnite together in the squad uh he came out with another rumor because why not if you're king zell wanted to say things well you can't just say things because then no one's going to believe you but with the name like king zell i don't i don't know if i'm going to believe you anyway Kingsville was relatively accurate about some of the things in the the last direct, but not everything. There was no Metroid, you know. He said, hey, guys, hey, guys, <laughs> if you like Breath of the Wild, you will like next year and I'm out. <laughs> like, OK, cool. Like, awesome. Maybe there'll be another Zelda, maybe something else. I don't I don't care. I don't yeah, care I that don't much. Care. But I mean, it's, it's like we said, it's another rumor. I mean, to be honest. The guy could be just screwing with people at this point. I mean, he's hit it kind of right a couple of times. So there's some strength to what he's saying. Now you could just say whatever you want. People are going to go crazy for it. You know, you could be Doesn't playing matter. with people. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the remake that we're getting already for Zelda. You know, if there is another Breath of the Wild or some something that is being alluded to here, I would be happy for that as well. I don't, I don't need it. I don't feel like I, it's not something I'm going to be holding my breath and like, this is what I need. I'm, I'm happy with the remake that we're going to be getting in just a few months. I'm, I'm already happy and excited about that. 
So I still need to beat Breath of the Wild. So there's yeah, that, me too. So. Me too. I still have yeah. to beat it as well. Well, you know what time it is, Michael. What time? It's time for Michael's Fortnite supply drop update. Dropping down the supplies. <laughs> so this this week's supply drop is a little bit uh not not as exciting, not as oh. fun. So if anybody's followed anything with Epic or Fortnite or anything that goes on with this game, you probably know that they're in a bunch of lawsuits over the in-game dances, the emotes. You know, that's that's like a big part of the game is people can buy these things and you can dance and you can do all of your stuff that you want to do. Well, there's currently two that it just had a ruling, or at least it seems like a ruling is coming very soon. One is from rapper Terrence to Millie Ferguson, and the other one is Carlton himself, Alfonso Ribeiro. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, and really what seems to be happening is they are not going to win this. Apparently, one, according to DMZ, it's reported that a specialist working for the U.S. Copyright Office has said the combination of these three dance steps is a simple routine that has not registrable as a or is not registrable as a choreographic work after reviewing Alfonso's case. So he says, yeah, the Carlton, it's a bunch of moves. It's not enough. We can't, you can't copyright this. Um, and another thing that came out was he's actually on camera saying he stole those moves and they're bits and pieces of moves that he got from somebody else and then put his own stank on it. And that's how he got up, got the Carlton. So it's, it's kind of funny. We'll get to it at the end here, but it's kind of funny that he says he's taken parts of moves to create this move, but now you're going after somebody because they used the move. You already stole parts of. Okay, cool. So then in the same vein, Epic's lawyers wrote that Ferguson's dance was too simple to be protected by copyright. So we're seeing two cases here where it's just not enough. They said, quote, no one can own a dance step. The motion reads because Individual dance steps and simple dance routines are not protected by copyright, but rather are building blocks of free expression. So they mm -hmm. claim that Millie Rock, the dance, and Swipe It, Epic's version of the dance, are only slightly related. Um, and its defense exhaustively describes the moves in a, like a whole bunch of our move does this, duh, duh, duh. their move does that, boom, boom, boom. And it's kind of funny because it reminds me going back to when Vanilla Ice stole, um, what was it, Queen song and says, no, they go dun, 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 dun. And then his was basically the same exact thing. It was like, no, they're totally different. Um, but two Millie's lawyers claim the dance in question is definitely something they can protect. They said, in quote, it is obvious that Epic took two Millie's dance and sought to profit off of it. Epic is essentially talking out of both sides of its mouth. On one hand, it's saying they're totally different. Can't can't protect it. Um, and then the other side, they're they're fighting that. Oh, even if it was the same, it's too simple of a dance. Can't be copyrighted. You know, we didn't copy it. We didn't copy it. Well, even if we did copy it, you can't protect it anyway. So it's kind of like, well, why are if, if you can't copyright it, why are you pro projecting that it's not the same move anyhow? Now, one of the things before and then we'll have to discuss and I'll, I'll be really interested to see your thoughts on this. The last thing is the, the ruling and the reason that they believe it's going to go the other way is that there's a good reason that granting this kind of strict uh, protection against these moves, whether it's the Carlton or uh, the other dance here, is that now you 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 get rid of those building blocks. You're you're making it so any dance cannot be any remotely part of something else, and then you'll have this lawsuit on your hands. And it makes me go back to what Carlton did or, or Alfonso did with the Carlton because he took parts of dances and made a dance from it. So in theory, he would also have a lawsuit against him from the people he stole dances from to make that dance. So it's kind of it's a very interesting case. Um, in my opinion, Epic should be giving them a percentage. It's clear they're taking dances, whether it's copyright or not. They shouldn't be slimy and they should say, you know what? Here's 50% of any money we gross off of those emotes, the sales. Now it's a win win. You made money. We made money and they're in the game. 
are they selling the emotes or are they just giving them away as part of battle pass? I believe the emotes in question are sold, but I'd have to check. I'm not sure, but I believe there's you buy those emotes. Yeah, that, that's a it's a gray, weird category of even if it's artwork, right? Maybe it's a spinoff of artwork that was inspired by something else because it's your rap. You know, you're going to put a bunch of things on there. You're going to sell that if you're going to give it away for free, then I guess that's a little bit different because it's inspired by it's somewhere in between. It's like a remix. Mm-hmm. You know, people are remixing songs, sampling profit from sampling songs. So sam- and, and each of them are a little bit different based on the copyright. I'm no legal expert, but if they're going to sell it, I guess that is a really gray area when they're exactly the same. But the question then becomes, does two milli and uh, Alfonso make money in any other way off these dances? Because if they don't, then there's that. And the other question becomes, if they were to win this lawsuit, does me doing the Carlton mean that now you owe I money need to pay? Do I owe him money? That, yeah. That's the other question. Just like the birthday song where you can't say that because someone owns it, even though it's different, right? I mean, they, they should get paid, but they're not going to sue you in your house, but they may, they could technically, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's a, becomes a slippery slope. I don't think necessarily it should be legal action should be able to be taken, you know, because I do understand what they're saying. The moves in question are so simple. Essentially they are building blocks of other moves. Like the Carlton is like a move, right? It's like the hand swinging and the foot thing. You could work that into 15 other dances right from there. And if that's the case, every time you see that, I mean, we've seen it on a bunch of shows. It's popped up all over the place because it's like a funny dance. Nobody gave two craps about the Carlton until it became on this game where everybody's making all this money off of it. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, I'm going to cash in on this. It's the same thing with the floss kid, the backpack kid. He said it was cool until his parents were like, oh, we can make some bank off of this. They file a lawsuit now, too. So it's kind of like, what's the real granted epic shouldn't be slimy they should be give if you've taken a dance they should say hey we're going to use your dance in our game we're going to give you a percentage of the money that we make off of it who knows carlton's dance maybe could have made 50 dollars. we don't know we don't know how much it actually made they're suing for millions because that's what epic is worth they don't know what that emo actually grossed maybe it didn't nobody sold it you know who knows we don't know but I think it's interesting. I think Epic should stop being slimy and pay people if they're if they're directly influenced or inspired by their moves. But uh, I don't think it should be something where, you know, if if Epic lost on this, it w- it could be a potentially big problem. I could be doing the Carlton and and be a bill show up. It could be a problem for for not only Fortnite but every other game out there that uses different dance moves or football players yeah. or NFL games, different things. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There's all sorts of different rabbit holes that this could go down. So I'll just continue to watch and see what happens in general. Uh, Well, we don't have any new accessories or products this week, but we do have some best sellers. Michael, do you want to break them down for us? We sure do. And like every week, we go through the top 10 best sellers and run them down. And then this week, we have a little bit of a shakeup. In the very first spot, we have the new Final Fantasy. Well, the new old Final Fantasy to the Switch. It takes the number one spot, followed by Wargroove, then Smash Brothers Ultimate, Diablo 3, Overcooked 2, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, Undertale, in eighth spot, Stardew Valley, followed by Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and then rounding out the top 10 is Minecraft. Unfortunately, no new games made it into the top 30, so that's it. That's a new and improved top 10 list. Yeah, it's cool to see Final Fantasy IX that's new, new old release (laughs) hit the um, people love the Final Fantasy, so as these games trickle out, they're definitely going to be in the top 10 because who doesn't love to replay games? And apparently it's exactly the same game that came out and there's no bug fixes or optimizations. It's all the same. It's just here's the PC. It is the game. So now you just have it on your switch. It's authentic that way. Oh, you like that bug? You like that glitch? Boom. It's in there for you. We, we didn't even touch it. But at the same time, when there's 
Pokemon glitches, such as Missing No and these other glitches, like I want those glitches in the same whenever I buy it again. It's a Don't classic. Fix those things. Yeah, it's a classic, yeah. man. You got to yeah. have that in there. Exactly. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. We also got some new releases of things that you can buy this week. And maybe some of them will break into the top 30 for next week. So we like to break down some retail releases and we have a few for you. The first one is Steins Gate Elite that you can pick up. This is from Spike Chunsoft. This is an adventure slash visual novel anime. And uh, this game came out in 2009 for a bunch of older systems like PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 and things. This is the fully remastered version of it. It has really, really high uh, um, ratings and reviews of all the different consoles. And in this re-release and remaster, they're including a game for the Switch, a bonus game called Steinsgate 8-Bit, which is the game in the style of a Famicom adventure game from the 1980s. So it's kind of cool that you get a little bit of extra bonus. I've watched the trailer for this. I've tried to find information. I've read the Wikipedia page. I, I don't really get it too much because I'm not into anime all that much. And I don't really like visual novel type adventure games. If you're into that world, you might want to take a look at it because while it is a full retail $60 game, it has really, really high uh, ratings across the board of all the releases. The other one that comes out on the 21st. Now, this may be coming out only digitally and next week physical from what we found. Sometimes they trickle those out, but I can't confirm if this will be in stores or not this week, but it looks like it, but maybe not. Who knows? It is Aragami, weird name, Shadow Edition. This game looks super cool. It's basically Assassin's Creed, but not Assassin's Creed, kind of mystical in a way where that was older times and things. It looks cool shell, cell-shaded-ish graphics, and it also has three player or three or four player online or two player online co-op cross play. And it's $30, both digital and physical looks super cool. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah, it's beautiful. Now for the digital downloads, we have February 18th, Trine 2 complete story for $17. On the 19th, we have Blaze Rush for $12. On the 20th, we have I Want to Fly for $3. On the 21st, we have Almost There, the platformer, for $10. Devil Engine for $20. Gigantic Army for $9. Hell Warders for $15. Cube 2 for $30. Raining Coins for $6. Rotating Brave for $5. Their Journey Down Trilogy for $40. Warplanes World War II Dogfight for $10. Xmorph Defense for $16. Yemeniki Dream Diary, $16. <laughs> and then on the 22nd, we have Quest for the Golden Duck, $5. And Tear, Tire, Tire, I don't know, Chains of Valhalla for $10. So let's go back like we do every week and call out the ones that stand out to us. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, so let's start with that Aragami game. It looks super, super duper good. And this one also includes all the DLC. So it's the complete edition. Uh, I like to go down on the Nintendo website. And in, what I really enjoy is on the bottom of every game page, you can see if it supports online play or save data mm -hmm. uh, synchronization really, really easily. And that's cool because... Sometimes you'll see like, oh, two player simultaneous or four player simultaneous. And then you don't know if it's online. You got to read through all the little specs and maybe it's not there. But if it says it's online, it's, it's right there. This game looks super duper cool. I don't know about it. It includes I, I don't think I've ever heard of it before this. But you play as this sort of assassin that's going through. I don't know what era it's in. Like maybe feudal Japan, sort of feudal Japan. Yeah. But it's also kind of futuristic looking in, in some ways. Yeah, there's like this one image. Like you have to enter your your you have to enter your birthday to go in. But around image four is is Aragami, the guy that you're playing as. He's like casting some spell, which is this dragon coming out of the ground and biting off somebody's head. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It looks really cool. But the the trailer it looks really, really nice. The graphics look great. It's like I said, pseudo cell shading slash art artsy 
paint painting sort of style, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's intrigues me is that it is two player co-op online. And I, I don't think we've really had too much of those games on the switch. So that, that led me to put this as maybe my pick of the week. Oh, wow. All right. That's cool. Yeah, no, this looks beautiful. It definitely has online play. It has the save data to the cloud, which is always good. As you mentioned, the two players simultaneously. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And essentially what you're doing is your character has to use the shadows. So you're an assassin, like you said, basically a ninja that has some sort of magical powers and you're working your way through the shadows uh, and attacking. I have seen this and I'm almost positive this is on Xbox and maybe PlayStation. Um because I've definitely seen this game before, perhaps not shadow edition. Maybe that's different. I don't Mm -hmm. know, but I have seen something where it's using this very similar mechanic and your characters jumping back and forth through the shadows. Um, It's gorgeous. Everything about it is, is absolutely beautiful. It's definitely something I'm excited for. Uh, How about what else? What else is jumping out at you? So Trine is a a super great type of puzzle game. Uh, What's unique about it is that it's three player co-op and online co-op which is very nice so it's action platforming fantasy physics-based puzzling these games are very very good they've come out on pc they've been out for a while really nice to see this come over uh, because it looks great it's from frozen bite they both publish and develop it you can play locally or online co-op i think this would be a fun one to stream in origami because they're Mm. co-op on the same screen you know we can play and, and stream together and the graphics are is that is a very hand-drawn, photorealistic style to it, the backdrops, and still three-dimensional and rich. And I really like the look of, of trying. So trying to my my other pig of the week. Yeah, you got a lot, all these are pigs of the week. Um, no, I thought the same thing. I'm in complete agreement with you. I also checked this one as something I want to play. I love that it's a platformer. I love that it's got physics, physics-based puzzles. Uh, and it just looks gorgeous. And, and it's funny because a lot of these I do watch now with ideas of like, what would stream well? Can we stream this game? And both of these mm. I thought would be a lot of fun to stream. Absolutely. I was also su- relatively surprised this week going through the games. And I marked and check marked a bunch of other games I wanted to talk about because it also included online um, co-op. Um, or online multiplayer. So Blaze Rush, which is a racing battle type of game. Think of it as futuristic kart racing, high speed, blowing up ridiculousness. This has eight players online, which I thought was really nice. Has uh, been out for a while on, on, on other consoles and things. So nice to see that come over. Devil Engine, this game, well, not online play. Uh, it has a, a demo available on the pieces. It's like a shmup. Yeah, you can go on Steam and download a, a demo for it. It looks very, very uh, intense. Um, you know, I'm a, a sucker for shmups. And then the other one that has online is this Hell Wardens game, which is a, I guess I could describe it as a hybrid tower defense, third person RPG in a way. Uh, and you, so you, you're crafting out your defense towers, but you're placing down, you're setting catapults archers knights so instead of mounting physical things you're mounting people and there's four player co-op online which is always great to see with nintendo online more of these games supporting it so those are the other ones that were not necessarily my pick of the week but things worth looking at as far as unique titles coming to the switch nice i only have one other that stands out for me and that's cube two now cube it looked super super interesting it reminds me of portal and mirror's edge combined if they had a baby this would be cube two and essentially it's a first person puzzle adventure game very very similar to what portal was i think i even read on a couple reviews that they compared them as well so i was kind of like oh good i'm really happy because that's the vibe i was getting i I really want that to be what this game was and they're saying it it very much is so it looks gorgeous it looks like it would play really really well there's 80 individual puzzles i'm assuming they're sort of rooms it does have a very similar sense to where portal where you're kind of like trying to get from room to room to room it does look like that's sort of what's happening here as well so i'm excited apparently there was a cube this is the sequel so i've never even heard of this game i've never played this game but this may be the one that I want to play. I, it just looks, 
I, I really like what I see. There's no co-op. There's nothing like that. So it wouldn't, maybe it would stream well. I don't know, but we wouldn't be able to play it together. So there's three great games, in my opinion, Cube 2, Trine 2, and or Aragami. I'm super excited for. Aragami. Aragami. Uh, well, that's going to lead us into our listener mail, which we have none of this week. And we did have some good tweets. Uh, people were chatting about maybe creating some soundtrack music for us, which yep. was really cool. I would be into that. Yep. It was Tiku Sarkar who tweeted at us. It was very, gave us, gave us surprisingly. So our listener feedback was that really some good words of us being honest about our thoughts on Smash Bros. And we, you and I have similar and yet still different opinions mm -hmm. on Smash Bros., but he did appreciate that and also said that he wanted to maybe make some music. We would love some transitions and give Michael some more work each and every week. That's <laughs> yeah, what I, I love. love more more work. I love it. But yes, it was it was kind of funny because he did tweet at us about, you know, hey, I'm, I'm happy. It said something about I'm happy to see that you guys, you know, share your feelings on Smash. I I can't stand it or something like that. And I, <laughs> and I replied with like, you you're happy that we say it and you can't stand that we shared our opinions or you can't stand the game as well. He's like, no, no, I love your opinions. I, I am, I feel the same way you guys do. So, and it's, we've kind of stopped talking about it. It's not a point to bash on the game. It's just maybe not for us. I think more so from, for me than for you, but uh, it was really nice. And we, we really appreciate when people write to us and just whether they agree with us or not, you know, it's just kind of fun to have some banter. And he did uh, compliment the the work we've been doing with the stream. And he complimented, uh, you know, how we're, what we're doing here. And he also did put out that offer to do some work for us with music. And I think that would be awesome. And, you know, I think we probably would take him up on that deal. But with that, it gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? What you playing? <laughs> well, we've been playing just about every single demo that came out from the last Nintendo Direct. So uh, you were lucky enough to play Yoshi's Crafted Story. You live stream that. We also played Tetris 99 and we played Damon X Machina mm -hmm. together. And you played some other games. But I want to start with Damon X Machina. I want to give yeah. our hands-on impression of this puppy because this was the prototype missions. Mm -hmm. Prototype. It wasn't a demo. It was the prototype missions. So this game, you play as a mech or an arsenal, as they call it. I wish they would just call it a mech. You're in your yeah. mech. You're going to go to arsenal. And this game was all about you can do ground combat and flying combat and whoosh around. There was very little known details besides the E3 trailer that Nintendo put out and then mentioning it again in this Nintendo Direct and that it would be coming out this spring or summer, this summer, I guess. But they were putting out these prototype missions to get feedback. My concern there is that there's not a lot of time between now and then to drastically change the game that's bug bashing at this point. Uh, so... I did some streaming. They're deleted because my audio messed up. And we talked about that before the before recording this podcast. But you went and streamed it and you play the game much better than me because you beat it all the first time in 60 or 70 minutes. And it took me two and a half hours. So I'm a moron. But this game jumps you. The prototype mission was a good amount of content for a demo to get a feel and a grasp of the game. If you go through it and not look at every little detail and crush everything the first time and you're a pro, pro gamer like Michael, then you can crush it in about 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. It took me about two hours and I still didn't go into every little nook and cranny or maybe upgrade things correct. But the game itself feels really, really good. I was playing with the pro controller and I love the ground combat, whooshing around on the ground. A lot of the demo takes place in the air, mm -hmm. which has some interesting quirks of trying to get up and off the ground and place. They sort of throw every mechanic at you really, really fast. Like you can hold stuff. You have this alternate weapon. You can do this thing. Now place this bomb and do this thing. And I thought that was maybe, I felt like the demo was trying to give you too much at once. Like upgrade your mech, upgrade your body, do this thing, go over here, walk over here, go do this thing, go do that thing, go blow up this thing. No, here's an enemy that you can't blow up, but you're going to have to fight them for 20 minutes. And then someone else comes in and blows them up. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting demo, but the game looks good. The game plays well. 
The game has every single crazy customization that every mech person is going to want to do. Not me. Let me just pick something and go shoot some stuff. Uh, but in general, I thought it was well put together. The demo I did have concerns with because of the narration. I didn't know if they were trying to tell me about story, if there is a story, what am I doing? When is the time arrow? Why am I here? And maybe I need to wait for the full game. But then why even introduce that in the prototype mission? Just let me, there's all these characters that are here for no reason. It's very chatty and I, I don't care. I'm just going to blow up, blow up some stuff. It's similar to streaming where let me just, let me just play the game. Like there's so much falafel, falafels are flying all over the sky. I don't know why falafels would be. I love, <laughs> do love a good falafel, but there's all this falafel all over the place of this thing and that thing. And there's a lot on the screen, lots of HUDs, lots of dashboards, as expected in a mech game, I, I love mech games. I uh, I bought that crazy $250 mech game for the Xbox original one back in the day. My friends would set it all up and, <laughs> and blow up stuff. And what's nice about this, it's fast paced. It's fluid. Uh, it's, overall, it feels really, really good. Uh, so I'm positive on the game. And I want to get your thoughts because you played it this morning before recording the podcast. So it's really fresh in your mind. Yeah. All right. So I guess there's there's things I loved about it and there's things that I really over time uh, grew to dislike. And a lot of them are what you said. I mm. think that it looks very good on the switch for the most part. I loved when you're walking around the hangar. I love the art of the character that you play as. Uh, it feels like Breath of the Wild in its style. You know, it's sort of mm. animated, but not quite animated, but it. it it works well on the switch. And I think they need to have something like that because that's what the switch is going to be able to do. I love the RPG elements of it. So for me, that is something where I really was like, this is a bit of a surprise. You get to make your character the way you want. You get to start modifying your character to some extent. I don't know if it would happen that quickly in the actual game because it did seem like you jumped right in. You already got a mission. Now you're winning and you're like modding your character. And it didn't seem like, if that was the way, if that was the progression, the game's five hours long, right? Because at some point you're just so mm. overpowered. I mean, I have new eyes and I had crazy legs. I like you built up your character to be a beast. And I like mm -hmm. that you can build out your mech. I mean, I really loved all these elements. I love the idea of finding parts that you've ripped off of enemies that you just killed and you're going to use that. You're bringing that back to the hangar and you're going to put it on your arm for the next battle. That is exciting. That is interesting. The downside to this is a bunch of the stuff like you said the the hood i have no idea what i'm looking at they don't explain it at all they don't give you like they do a, a preliminary test to see if you can function as as a pilot of this machine and but they don't really teach you anything they're just like oh this is shooting shoot that thing over there a box will pop up that's your target blah 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 and then there's the pacing of it you're in this battle for your life and then it goes to some weird conversation between you and four other characters where all it is is stills is like a chat, right? Right? Like on your phone, you're just in a chat doot, doot, and faces are popping up. They're not even animated. They're just static images. And they're just like talking about dinner or something. I don't even know what they started talking. It was just kind of like, I'm in the middle of a battle and we're going into this, this thing and you're having this big winded conversation about something I don't even care about. The pacing really kind of fell apart. It ruined it for me. So in the end, I really hope that this, this demo or whatever they're, they're calling it is just to give us a taste and not the real game. Like I hope they didn't, they made these as standalones that the game, this isn't even the game. They just grabbed components. They gave it together and put it together for us to try. But that story arc doesn't exist in the game is my hope, right? They just grabbed parts. And so they said, you know what? We don't want to show the animation. We don't want to show the like video scenes because we're just trying to get gameplay critique. That's all we want to put into this. I don't know if that's the case, but I really hope it is because I feel like it could be something so interesting. But right now, it's I think it's going to fall flat. I don't think people are going to be that into it because there's really think there's great things about it, and then there's some stuff that's just so stale, and it's just uh, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer because I could see something really special with this game. Yeah, I I agree. Maybe that's just the demo that came out of it. 
because when you're playing it, there's almost just too much happening in general on the screen, but then yet like not enough at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I agree. My biggest issue seems to be I don't know how to attach multiple weapons or what happens when I run out of ammunition or do I need to upgrade my thing or why am I doing picking up cars and throwing them but i'm never gonna like why even introduce that mechanic because i never used it again it was a weird mechanic why why take the time i picked up one thing and kind of like awkwardly threw it and was like, all right i'll just fly and shoot because it, that's working better for me yeah and the, i mean in the very very beginning the they at least introduce you here's how you shoot a weapon the other weapon and here's how you get back your health by shooting these canisters these like mid truck canisters so that was very well described, but then they never laid out, I don't need you to hold my hand, but I also need you to not introduce too many mechanics that aren't even part of the real demo because you go into a big boss battle at the end, there's nothing to pick up or any, <laughs> there's no bombs. You never see those things again. So you go, why was I introduced to this mechanic? Yeah. Why Why show yeah, me? And then, like you said, you, there's life that they talk about. There's all this stuff. And then- like you had said, you were in the chat while I was streaming and I had no idea, but it, it was, it was kind of funny because I had members of my party dying. I didn't know I could read, mm -hmm. I could go and like reboot them. I, they never even talked about that. They never even, it never was even an issue. It's, it felt like the gameplay ramped up so much in that battle and that final battle where it was like, you were not prepared to, to do like the maneuvering and the flying and the no. running and the rebooting of fallen teammates, nothing leading up to that prepared you for that. So in that regards, that's where the demo failed because I believe the amount of content was correct, but it didn't lead to a natural progression of here's how you revive someone or here's how you take down one of these huge, crazy bosses, which were really yeah. cool. It was a cool battle. Now, one thing that didn't happen to you, which happened to me though, because I died the first time, is that you had a sliver of life I had left. 10%, I think it said. I was almost there. It was so tiny, the amount of health that you had left. Now, had you have depleted one more hit, what you would have experienced is a whole nother side of the gameplay, what? Michael. Because while your mech goes down, you can eject yourself out of the mech. Get out. Um, and you can run around on the ground as your avatar and you have a shoulder gun, basically, that hovers in the air that you can shoot. And you have grenades that you can sh you can you can throw and everything like that. So the fun part is I went to go play again. Again, we lost this footage because my audio wasn't <laughs> working. because I'm an idiot. Uh, when you do this, it's fun because I got to the very end of the boss the second time I played it. And I had killed everything besides the underbelly. So I died again. And then I was on the ground and I just ran underneath him like Luke Skywalker. And I was like, pop, 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 like threw a grenade and won. And it was amazing. So you missed that entire aspect of it. And I thought it was so cool because I bet nobody, I mean, I'm, there's a certain percentage of people that will not die in that demo and will never get to experience that. But you would never have known because there's no way they would never have told you that. It was that, amazing. That's pretty crazy. And it's funny because in in the lab, you you mod your pilot right and my mm -hmm. thinking was oh this is tethered to my whatever they call it my mech i didn't even think it's not it's probably when you die i would have super eyes and strength and all this stuff i never even used the things i i modded myself for i thought i was doing it and it was tied to the mech i had no idea that even existed yeah so i wonder hmm. if there's a bunch of missions where you're not in the mech and you could do stealth missions or something else or you're on the, I have no idea because it's not, it's not part of it. It's just there. It was it, the first time it happened. I was, what does it have? Like there's the X goes down. It's like press X. I was like pressing X and I just eject amazingly. Uh, and, and boom. So did you get your mech back? I don't know. How do you do like, do you just, that's how you play the rest of the game. If you took it down like that, you take it down. No idea. Uh, <laughs> no idea. Well, all right. Well, enough of that. I mean, I think people should definitely try it and decide for themselves, but I, I'm so torn on it. I really want to love the game. I think there's a lot there. There's a lot that's really good. I just, I, I'm, oh man, I hope 
I hope those other aspects are going to get tweaked. And we're going to we're going to tweet to them because we did stream it and the developers specifically said during the direct, we want your feedback. Yeah, we will be giving them our feedback because we'd like to see, you know, see this game succeed. I think there's a lot a lot to go off of. I'm going to probably stream it again and try to do a, a speed run, uh, see how nice. fast I can go through it. And, uh, and and beat the missions just in general. Yeah, see how cool. f- fast I can go through and upgrade everything and do things because the game played pretty pretty solid. Uh, besides mm-hmm. that, all right, Tetris ninety nine. We know I love Tetris ninety nine. Been playing it every single night, just ramping it up. I haven't, but let's just be honest. I love it. Uh, I, I read the guide and I now am going to become a Tetris ninety nine master. I'm going to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. win. I still haven't won. I placed top ten two or three times. Nice, that's o- good overall. I enjoy it because it's quick pick up and play i also enjoy it because when i play tetris 99 heather doesn't get mad at me because i'm playing tetris 99 because it's tetris not fortnite she ah, for I some see. reason tetris is okay because it's a brain puzzler quiz quizzer type game so i believe she approves of my tetris playing not my fortnite playing i don't ah. play fortnite that much but you know so it's just like fortnite's mindless in 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 her opinion but tetris tetris on the other hand yeah <laughs> well whatever works whatever allows you to play some games i mean i think it's a lot of fun i um i did i wanted to see okay so now we know that there's this this idea of here's what does what in my mind the strategy is to go after the KOs because mm-hmm. the KOs give you badges. Yeah. The badges make it so that when you drop your uh, rows, you you drop more. So it's actually taking more effect on the people. So my thinking is I should always be ramping up for KO and not random. Random seems like it's the worst option because yeah. now you're not targeting anybody. You're just all over the map. Mm-hmm. I think KO... And then badges, because now those are the strong ones. You want to get them off the map as well. My uh, thinking. KO badges attackers in the very, very end, because you want to start to counteract people that are sending Tetri and Tetris chains over to you preemptively, where there may be a few people that uh, are not targeting other attackers. They're like fighting themselves. Yeah. So I think that's the strategy. I'm going to be testing that out and we'll report back next week. Yeah. Nice. And what level did you make it up to? Are you 10 level 10 yet? I think like seven or eight or nine or something like that. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. Cool. Uh, So for me, I've been playing those two games that we just discussed. I've also did the demo for Yoshi's crafted story. We did a stream of that as well. I will say that this of the demos I've played, I loved Yoshi's crafted story. I, you know, we talk about all the time, a demo could make or break or sell or not a game. In this case, it's kind of sold me on it. I, I got to say, I loved the look of it. I thought it was the sweetest, most charming little game. I don't know, a, a little questionable on the difficulty. I want it to be a little bit more challenging. I didn't feel like the demo was challenging. And I do think that over time, the novelty of it could wear off. And then you're kind of just left with this very easy, cute game. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I didn't get a sense of this scaling difficulty. And I, and I hope that that is there kind of like, uh, captain toad where it, the demo didn't feel challenging, but the, the idea of it was very good, but could that be made more difficult? And Mm. so we'll see, but I loved it. I think it was an excellent demo. You got to play like the first level or two and you got a real sense of what was going on there. I've also started really getting back into Stardew Valley. I think I mentioned it last, last week, but I've been putting a lot of time in Stardew Valley. Just loving it. Just a great game. And then the last one I bought is Ali Ali. Now I started streaming this as well, and I don't think it's a good game for streaming. I will say that. It's just, I, it just, it's a side scrolling skateboard game. I just don't think it's interesting for people. And it's extremely challenging because you're you're essentially using all of your fingers on all of the buttons because you're you're jumping with one and then you're grinding by going down or and then you're flipping doing something else and then you have to land it just right. And basically it's just a hot mess because your fingers are like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It was really challenging. The music is great. The The gameplay is cool. It, Ali Ali Switch Stance, which is a great name because it's on the Switch and the Switch Stance is people that skate that stand the opposite direction on their board, Switch Stance. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty fun. But you get Ali Ali 1 and Ali Ali 2, which looks different and is the same at the same time. It's beautiful. It's great. 
but so so hard you hate it you hate it you're so mad that i made you buy it no no i don't i don't hate it i'm definitely gonna play it more i just it's i can't stream it because i mean i'm just dying oh who wants to watch that right you're like fall and then you fall and then you fall and then it's like real life skateboarding i'm just as crappy in ali ali as i am on a real skateboard so it's true to life I mean, the one cool thing and shout out is that Roll7, who created the game, did favorite our tweet about you playing it. So just saying that they well, following it. us. And then now. they probably watched me play and were like, I take it back. I take it back because this kid is terrible at this. So but it's cool. It's a beautiful game. The music alone is worth it. I mean, I've been really appreciating games that have good soundtracks, and this is one of them. It just has some really great music in there and and really clever gameplay for what it is. It's a side-scrolling skateboard game, but very difficult. There's a lot in it. Yeah, it is one of those games, unlike Tony Hawk Pro Skater, when you're playing that, you're just kind of out adventuring. You would crash, but it's very long-winded you had a lot of time to start and explore the territory where this is do this thing do this thing boom i i gotta get back into it and give it another give it another it's been a long time since i played it on the vita so yeah i'd be uh, interested to see what you think are you thinking pick it up for the switch and then give it another shot you got the two of them now when it's on sale it's yeah, on the wish list on yeah cool. too many games too many games too much Fortnite to be playing i took the week off from Fortnite, so time to get back in there Time to get back in, get to get those V-Bucks. Hey, everybody, protect your V-Bucks. Protect Only your you V-Bucks. can protect your V-Bucks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you, Michael, for hanging in there. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to this week's Nintendo Dispatch. Uh, it's a joy and a privilege and a pleasure on this side of the microphone to talk to all of you and to sit to the wonderful, beautiful man that I'm staring deeply into the eyes of right now, Michael S. Rivette. Appreciate that. Uh, you can, of course, watch this episode podcast thingy happen live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatch. Also, where you can find us play games live, which is really cool, uh, such as Yoshi and Damon X Machina and probably a bunch of Tetris 99 where I crush it at Tetris. Follow us there. You can chat with us, ask us questions while we're recording. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast application. We would love that if you could review us, share with a friend, all the things. And always feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or just go to NintendoDispatch.com. Shoot us an email. We love that and we will read that back on the pod. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.